Oh, I lost Randall on the video. Oh. oh. Yeah, you're uh, only your have audio John. like slowed down for me, but you're still there. My audio? Yeah. Like slowed down to a uh, I mean, like when you said, like it, oh, like it was just doing like a glitchy yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like yeah. someone turned the sample <laughs> yeah. rate down, and you could hear each one of those bits. <laughs> yeah, I I got Randall back now, so yeah. um, I don't Randall's know what happened back. there for a sec, but it's all right. Man, I got to figure out. I bet you it's something with my internet. But my doofy dog Charlie was walking. Through I while saw, talking, and that Kevin. was the best. I saw. It's so cute. <laughs> it was I know, so, so good. Cute. He just walked right in. <laughs> He's looking for Mama. He's he's deaf, so he can't hear. So he has to just move around and look for. He wasn't. For Mama. He wasn't doing an, an no harm. He was just walking. Yeah, back. yeah. It's yeah. It's not like this anytime. bouncing puppy that's going to like bark no. and like jump around. It was just like waddle. <laughs> yeah, old Charlie. Um, <laughs> cute. <laughs> so cute. He's a good boy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey, folks. And John Hines. Hey there. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. And that is what we do, folks. That's what we do. And, uh, what I was do. trying to come I'm up with up another word for folks or everybody <laughs> just to keep this <laughs> streak alive. But I was like, nope, can't think of one fast enough. Oh, man. That I did was a little sleep. pre-planning. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, well, John, why don't we uh, just get kind of warmed up here and uh, toss the ball over to you? Because I know you actually played a pr- had a pretty long session the other night with uh, DJ playing some Apex Legends online. I did. Uh, I was trying to sync up with you guys but my download uh on my xbox was uh anywhere between yeah at some points i saw it at about two and a half hours remaining but uh it got up to 11 and a half too so i was just like yeah i think i'm having some internet issues maybe another time (laughs) so i haven't really had a chance to dip my toe in but i know yeah you have kind of been treading water for the first time yeah we started playing i think at around five and ended playing at around like we took a break for dinner and stuff but i think we ended playing around 10 or so and we're like yeah your download will be done by then i think at some point during this (laughs) you'll be able to hop in but we were duos the entire time for that dj and i were playing but yeah but that's promising that you guys like played so long yeah yeah it was it was really fun like we were chatting over discord which was nice but i had played yeah. a little bit before uh, i synced up with dj uh just by you know doing the tutorial mode that they have there if anyone hasn't played uh one of the many offerings of these types of shooters the battle royale like mechanic or setup um right and it you know gives you the rundown and the mechanics and that was nice but you know nothing too special like honestly i think the if we're talking about uh, respawn games like the Titanfall two demo, I think was really, really good as opposed to this one. But again, I'm not going to fault them over a demo presentation or a tutorial presentation. Um, But yeah, I played a couple rounds and knew 
absolutely nothing. I basically worse <laughs> than nothing because I was <laughs> I was more concerned about getting the inverted y axis and getting the sensitivity <laughs> down on my reticle than actually paying attention to the differences between guns or ammos <laughs> or shields or any of the things that might actually right. help me when playing the game. <laughs> so I love I just that kinda... when you put in the Discord like it turns out the the ammo is color coded. <laughs> like... Yeah, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Great. So yeah, even even though I did manage to get a win with uh on one of the streams I was playing it while you guys were playing uh Wild Guns. Oh nice. Uh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, I did get one and I you know, I th- I think I was competent enough. I think I got maybe a kill during it. But that was more yeah. just a, you know, the random luck of the game and the loadout and where we landed or whatnot. Um, sure. But yeah, once I synced up with DJ and, you know, he was telling me basic mechanics of the game to play, that was a much more enjoyable experience. And again, like if I'm in a match where we die instantly, you know, I don't have the whole like that's something that we can like have fun with and like talk about right. as opposed to oh yeah did i just like disappoint <laughs> these two strangers like <laughs> make them really upset yeah here but, come the right, insults right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think that for the time being this game is mostly going to be just a game that i play with friends because yeah. i don't really have that same drive or like competitiveness to just play with a bunch of strangers and like I'm not very good at this game and I like being in a tense situation with a friend that like you know we can both have fun over the fact that we're stressed out together <laughs> yeah I know what you mean and like to, for me like I feel like it would be like it wouldn't be the same type of kind of relaxing that I get even though Rocket League can get super intense and mm-hmm. I do play competitive usually when I play but it's still kind of like this mindless game that oh, I yeah. can relax and zone out where like i feel like you really got to be hyper aware yes. and active and potentially communicating if you are playing with friends but even if i was just playing solo thrown on a podcast like you know you get you got to be in the zone on those games and you're not always in that in that mood so i i see that for sure well, yeah because apex is class-based that way too right so you have a role to play on your team yep. for your team right. to be successful mm-hmm. it's a different right, story right. very much. and a very small team at that so right. like if you're not contributing everyone's gonna know it yep. so. right <laughs> yep <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, John, I know you mentioned uh, streaming real quick when you jumped on uh, when Randall and I were playing some wild guns. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out. And I think I even mentioned when I was talking about that uh, Aztec ride Quetzal Quaddle uh, a couple weeks ago, that that would be a fun game or last week, I think. uh, But that would be a fun game for streaming. And I actually did end up streaming a little bit of that after I streamed uh, this game called Spinch. Um, that I remember seeing it caught my eye on like the eShop. It's just got tons of like really bright rainbow colors all over the place, like really kind of trippy, mm-hmm. you know, almost like adult swim cartoon kind of mm-hmm. looking, you know, adventure time style almost. But like it's this really simplistic 2D platformer in spite of its like really zany visuals in the sense that you just have a jump button and then no double jump or anything you can wall jump though and then you can you have like a dash which you can do like not like celeste style it's more like a dash like on the ground you just like pick up a little bit of speed like sprinting not like hold it down mario style but like just hit it to pick up a little speed but you can also do it mid-air and then i i haven't quite figured it out but like you can sometimes kind of do it like 
you can jump, do a dash, and then like at maybe it's like a cooldown timer or something, and then you can jump again before you land. So like there are times where I'm able to like kind of do like an extra jump in the air, but maybe I'm just like cheesing the buttons and getting lucky or something because it, <laughs> it is like frantic even after the first few levels, and it's really really cool. It just throws you right into the mix, um, and it's mostly just like avoid all the you know enemies. It's like very just obstacle course based, uh, but there's like timers up at the top shows your best time. There's like three little I don't know if they're your children or just little buddies that you got to rescue on each level. Nice, and then those will be like your ammo for the boss fight. Oh, <laughs> um, and they just kind of incorporate those into like different ways. Like you just kind of like have like a gun that you have to jump on like the triggers for and like the reload button to like shoot the boss so you have um, to collect like a, all of them in order to be able to fight the boss in that case i'm assuming right i'm kind of wondering how that works yeah, yeah. i mean some of them are kind of on your path so yeah. i mean it would definitely be much harder to to fight the bosses without collecting all of them although i haven't right. got everyone like i would say like there's usually it seems like there's like six worlds in the game five or six levels each with like a bonus level one or two bonus levels which are like kind of like that uh timon and pumbaa bonus level in the lion king super nintendo uh genesis games except this you it doesn't end as soon as you miss the very first bug and you're just like (laughs) oh well so i don't even know how to play that mini game (laughs) um this is like you you actually just have to catch a certain percentage of them of and they're just like it's like this little egg creature that you have to rescue in the level instead of your little children or whatever um, and then those are your cousins <laughs> and then they throw those and you got to catch them. And they literally, if you don't catch them, they hit the ground and splatter like eggs. It's just oh, like no. a really wacky game. <laughs> um, and it looks like they're throwing new mechanics in. like, I've seen some clips where you're like running up on the ceilings and stuff like that. So they're definitely going to throw some new like obstacles into the mix, but man, I was really having a good time. And yeah, I probably played, I'd made like a video of like the opening, like maybe 20, 30 minutes. And then I was like, man, this is really fun. I'm going to stream some of this and played for probably another like two hours. Almost. Nice. Um, and really had a fun time. There were a few folks hanging out in the chat for that one. It was it was a pretty good time. Nice. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give a shout out. If you like kind of precision, fast paced platformers, spinches, I, I would even say highly recommended. It's it's really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. But uh, Randall, I know you have been spending some time in uh, with that uh, NES, that analog yeah. NT mini. <laughs> what have you been uh, playing lately? Another week, another homebrew retro game. This, yes. this week I'm talking keep, about keep Doodle World. <laughs> this is Doodle World. Came out last year in 2020 on NES. Another one where I just went ahead and bought the cartridge because uh, the developer, Nate Peters, who I follow on Twitter, said more cartridges were available, so I jumped on it. Um, so I'm glad I did. Uh, it's a side-scrolling platformer. Um, but So I know Pursuing Pixels loves uh, some good wholesomeness, and uh, this game is nothing but pure wholesomeness, I would say. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The big conceit of this uh, is it's designed basically by... Uh, this guy's daughter uh, did all the, you know, art direction and general theming of the game. Um, So, like, he took all of her concept art and design ideas and then made an NES game out of it, and Mm -hmm. that was Doodle World. So... It's just a really cool thing. Uh, and you can tell, like, all the art direction is all based on, like, a lot of uh, erasers or art supplies. Or, like, you collect crayons. That's your, like, uh, instead of coins in Mario, you're collecting little crayons that are all through the the levels and stuff. And 100 crayons gets you a one-up. And, like, mm. yeah, the enemies are pencils, and you don't want to jump on top of them. But if you get the invincibility crayon, you can run into them. And, like, it's just 
it's a lot of fun. Like the level design is all looks like it's drawn on on like uh, like lined paper, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some clips. I remember like this catching my eye at some point and thinking this looks pretty cool. And I didn't even realize it was like an NES game. I right. just thought it was just some game somebody was working on. Yeah, it's it's really colorful and vibrant. Uh, it really like pops out for being an NES game. Uh, yeah. And, you know. This is a game that, you know, I could, I ended up beating in, you know, 30, 45 minutes, but not the first try. I'll say that it took me a few tries, but uh, it's just it's a really fun kind of laid back for the most part experience that you kind of let, you know, you, you kind of absorb it. And the soundtrack's great. It's really like poppy, fun soundtrack to it. Uh, the bosses at the end of the world. So there's 15 levels. Uh, across okay. five worlds at the end of each world there's these eraser bosses one's like a lumberjack you know one's king eraser at the end you know so which took me a while to beat king eraser i'll say that because <laughs> even though it's even though it's a little bit on the you know less difficult side it's still one hit kills so okay you gotta even be on the bosses well, yeah yeah okay uh, and the, what what type of are they like Mario style bosses like you're just jumping on their heads sort of things or yeah you or jump on the their deal heads. here yeah look, okay. you're, you're generally avoiding projectiles from these bosses and jumping on their heads uh, the bosses definitely don't take one hit though they take multiple hits uh-huh. okay uh, but you take one hit and you're <laughs> you're trying over again um, thankfully yeah. there's there's kind of like invisible checkpoints through the stages so it's not like you have to replay the whole stage uh, in that case. Um, but yeah, it's just super cute. It's super fun. Like, like I said, the enemies are like thumbtacks and scissors, and there's like a caterpillar that's a ruler that's like crawling across the ground. Like all kinds of things like this. It's just like there's so much love and like cuteness put into this experience that like I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to own this. I have to play it. There's a kids mode, which is really cool. So mm-hmm. there's normal mode and kids mode. So like. When Fiona, my daughter, gets older, this is a game that I could put her in front of, and it's only mm-hmm. got like a handful of levels, and some of the the harder enemies don't appear in that mode. Nice. So, like, nice, a little bit more capable, and so the bosses take a lot less hits. So, like, even when I was learning the game, I'm like, let me play the kids mode first. Why not? Let's see what that's about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, just really cool. Basically, two different versions of the game are on this one NES cartridge. So. Yeah, it's it's a really fun thing. Like there's a uh, a couple of little bugs like uh sometimes there's some of the collectible crayons that I couldn't pick up. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but hmm. in general, yeah. uh, very well made, well polished, you know, had a great time with this one. Really really glad that I own it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it just feels really cool to like support this develop like sometimes like it's like oh i really feel cool supporting this like one indie de- solo indie dev but this is like i feel really cool supporting this like dad and his kid making yes. a game together like how cool is that i know they had a successful kickstarter within like 12 hours i didn't get nice. a chance to back that but like stuff like that's super cool and i think that it goes a long way that way um oh the other thing i, I wanted to mention is the bonus levels are a lot of fun too. They're just like collect all the crayons, you know, in this, you know, single screen level. And it's very similar to like a Donkey Kong country type of bonus level that way where you're collecting the bananas and that. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's good. I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. Nice. 
Well, since we're talking a little homebrew, uh, you kind of wet my whistle with like talking all this homebrew stuff lately, Randall. Yeah. And I ended up checking out. Uh, there was a game I actually checked out recently. I made a video for it, so I won't go too into it. Although I have videos for most of the games I talk about. <laughs> yeah, but you do. I checked out this game called Mr. Rescue from Tangram Games, which is like this side scrolling arcade firefighting game, mm. um, which is really cool and really just kind of wacky. It's got kind of slippery controls and you just like blast out the windows with your fire hose and grab the people in the building and chuck them out the window to rescue them and that is <laughs> As the game do. pretty much and it's just like you're just trying not to burn up but i ended up catching this game uh called tobu tobu girl and then they uh, actually have then gone on to like make a new version of it called tobu tobu girl deluxe which is kind of like the dx you know game boy color version yes um and it is a homebrew game boy game but yeah in this case it's a game boy color game yes um and it's very arcadey and um arcadey in the best sense you know i love my arcadey style games and it's like a platformer and it kind of is similar to uh, not doodle world but uh doodle jump <laughs> do you guys remember that oh, yeah. game? it's like a yeah. mobile game where you just like yeah. move side to side and you're, you're just bouncing yeah. off a little green guy and you're just bouncing vertically yeah it almost looks like the little android yeah uh, guy um and you just bounce off of like enemies and this is like exactly how this game works you're like scrolling up on different levels and you just, you know, it's really bright and colorful. It's got that great Game Boy Color aesthetic that we were talking about before we even started recording the episode. Oh, just yeah. like, man, love that Game Boy Color aesthetic. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, you're basically just bouncing up and the screen will continue. Not not scroll up automatically, but as you scroll up, it will scroll up. And then you can if you you can't fall off the bottom of the screen. So kind of nice. like Kid Icarus style or I don't know. I know there's a ton of other games that do that. Yeah. Um, but basically. Not only do you have a midair dash, you actually have a midair triple dash that you can dash mm-hmm. in one of eight directions. So you got a oh, triple geez. octo-directional dash. Jeez. And then you also, I thought it was a jetpack, but you're actually just like flapping your arms <laughs> apparently <laughs> and kind of flying. Um, but you also have like an energy meter that you uh, is like beneath your kind of like main like level progression. And you're just trying to get to like a vortex like portal at the top of each level. So like the first level is the planes and, you know, they just throw new enemies into the mix. So if you use any of your energy to flap or jetpack or whatever you want to call it, if you do a downward dash into an enemy, it will kill that enemy. So you can't keep bouncing off of it. But. It will recharge your energy meter nice. a little bit. So like mm. that's kind of what you're juggling. You know, it's all that risk reward. Uh, nice. After you beat a level, it gives you like a ranking. Like I got a C ranking on the three levels that I beat. I would guess there's either five, four or five levels. I'm not 100 percent sure. And the only thing that could make this game better for me personally is like if there's an endless mode or something like that. Mm-hmm. where like either how high can you get or how good of a combo can you get? Although I guess there's not really a combo meter per se, but. Um, Yeah, it's just really, really fun. There are some enemies uh, like on the third level. There are some of the enemies where um, they'll disappear when you land on them or you'll kill them when you land on them, uh, whether you dash downward or not. So, like they just kind of throw new things into the mix. There'll be spikes as well. So, like just new stuff to avoid, but really expressive controls. Um, Just feels really great. Really, really great music. Like, oh, fantastic music. Um, So, yeah, just really, really cool stuff. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty, you know, new to this homebrew scene and I got some emulator stuff set up on my computer finally to like actually try to run some of these because I, you know, I don't have all the fancy stuff like Randall with the actual (laughs) like hardware to play these homebrew games. Yeah, Um, but I decided, you know, I didn't want to fully miss out on this stuff. So I figured I should uh, check them out. And yeah, I I was really excited and I'm excited to look into the NES and Game Boy World because it looks like there's a pretty big 
uh, Game Boy homebrew scene too. Nice. So. Yeah, that's kind of been growing over time. Yeah, more recently, I yeah. see a lot of like even games that are just like, well, there's even those like G. I think we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, like the GB jams or the Game Boy jams. Mm-hmm. Like that is very much a thing and an aesthetic that people are going for. Um, Love it. And I think we're all pretty into that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, John, I know that you and I have talked Pico 8 on the podcast a number of times, uh, which is a kind of little retro fantasy console just for a quick refresher if you're unfamiliar. Um, but we uh, checked out a game recently called The Lost Night, and uh, I think I might have brought this one to our attention, but yeah. you, I think, dove into it before I did, because I know you have mentioned a few times, like, man, I just want an RPG on the uh, Pico 8, and I was like, I, this one caught my eye because the color palette's just really striking. It's got this really soft, just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's just got a really great striking style, and I was like, this might be up our alley or up your alley here, John. So uh, what did you think of that? I know both of us checked this out, although neither of us finished it. It's a pretty... Uh, meaty little pico 8 game so yes i have been wanting to play a pico 8 rpg proper for a long basically since i got the (laughs) platform itself the platform yeah Yeah, but the lost knight is a game by mario carballo and joven paul and it is you kind of soft pitched it to me and like by doing a little comparison to undertale because it has yeah. uh, any time that you enter into a random battle, which again they're not random battles because you see the enemies on the screen. Yeah, they're not random, no, they're unlike not. Undertale. They're, unlike yeah. Undertale, my friends, right, they're not random, <laughs> even um, with the restraints of Pico Eight. Anyway, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but once you uh, encounter an enemy, then it brings up this little shmup screen where you see the enemy like floating above in like a big blown out pixel and then you have like little tiny pico 8 square pixels versions of them floating at the bottom half of the screen where you are and you're shooting up against them and each time that you clear one of those smaller versions of them as they're shooting bullets down at you like that'll do up like point of damage to them up top And you can yeah. encounter multiple enemies at a time. So, like, you'll have... And it's all, screen. like, relative. Those The multiple enemy stuff is all relative. Like, if you go up to a cluster of three yeah. enemies that are in yep. a world, like, you'll encounter three. If there's oh, five, it'll cool. be five. If it's just one, like, you can kind of kite them. And, you know, you get... Yeah, it's really cool how it's not, like, these are grouped together, you know, automatically. You're always going to fight these three. Mm-hmm. It really does depend how close they are within your range. It's really cool. And there's not really like an experience points system. It's a candy system because it takes place (laughs) in this kind of Halloween town or you're trying to get to the pumpkin tower, is it? Or the pumpkin house? Uh, It's some kind of pumpkin watchtower. Yeah. yeah. And you are going every time that you clear, like sometimes if you talk to an NPC, they'll give you candy. Other times you'll find candy by doing certain quest items or that will doing those quests will unlock different areas in the map and like clever little gatekeeping throughout the map. But as you're defeating these enemies, you're getting candy and then you can deposit that candy in the, uh, vending machines which will give you permanent stat upgrades as well as like can serve as sort of save points because if you die in the game then you get spawned back at the most recent vending machine that you were at and okay you can also heal there by spending candy 
and man yeah and it's really cheap to heal too it's like five oh, yeah. or uh, one candy for five hp so i like, like that you you're putting really candy kinda... in the vending machine i That's know it's good. great <laughs> <laughs> it's really good in it's... some cases to get more candy yep <laughs> yes it's a oh it's, you gotta spend candy to make candy <laughs> oh absolutely don't we know it yeah. Uh, but yeah it's it's really really clever and it's also looks great like it's uh th- that's always the difficult thing with a any pico 8 game is keeping enough variety in it with that really limited like pixel size and just like the amount of unique sprites that you can have in the game so it is very small but they keep it to also like we were talking like like kind of that game boy like palette limitation of like there's really only i think four or five or like maybe six colors in the entire game but they use it really well like it really looks great nice yeah and and uh like i was saying earlier like it's a little it's got some meat on the bones like i probably played like 30 40 minutes and like i would guess i'm only maybe halfway if that like because i clearly saw some like other gatekeeping things that like i like i I think i saw the pumpkin watchtower in the distance Mm -hmm. but like it's gonna be a while till i can get over that way i think like i just got the ability to walk on water um which is quite okay you haven't gotten there yet because you you get to one you get to one area where it looks like there's like my first instinct was like oh i'm probably gonna get like a plank that i can like place because there were like these bridges that had like just clearly like one spot missing in places and like oh i bet you i'm gonna be able to like place these pick it up again and uh i was like nope i'm just i just get the ability to walk on water (laughs) and again because this is a pico 8 game i you know i have that i have that feeling like when i play an rpg i want to talk to every character but at the same time i'm me and i just want to play the game and i don't want to talk to anybody (laughs) so this game was perfect in that regard because every character had exactly one dialogue box that's it there's no back and forth conversation there's no talk to them again and they might say something different it was like talk to this person they're gonna tell you one thing and that's it so for me again it was just perfect for me and no random battles all like kind of engaging, <laughs> like not turn based, like action based battles. Mm-hmm. And again, when you when you do get like a cluster of five enemies, oh, it can get yeah. pretty tough because some of the like the early enemies, like the ghost and stuff, and they all have great names like uh, Gupsy and like nice. Kunky, like all the characters have great names, <laughs> mm-hmm. the enemies. Yeah. But like, you know, the ghost, you only have to kill like two of the little ghosts to, uh, like to eliminate that enemy. But like there's some later enemies that you got to kill like five of them before they um, and each enemy has like their own kind of pattern that they not only shoot at, but that they travel at, like kind of in the bottom box. Like it's very Undertale esque in that regard. Mm, nice. Like the little bottom box. But yeah, it's just, I really am enjoying this game and I really am looking forward to picking up where I left off. Cause yeah, it's not often that I'm like saving my progress in a Pico 8 game and then, you know, picking it up. It's usually like, right. oh, that was cool. I, I'm done in five minutes. I wish there was more. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And I did want to give a quick shout out uh, to these same developers for uh, a couple of games. One, I'm just going to mention real quick. They made another game called uh, Virush, which is just like this top down arcadey sort of procedurally generated, although it does seem like every level progression is like like every level is distinct but like the way things spawn are procedurally generated Mm. and it's almost like a tower defense ish game like i've only played a little bit of it uh, but i did a little like video first play of it so i wanted to give that one a quick shout out but the game i really wanted to give a shout out that they made was called pole frog and this is like wario's woods meets tetris 
uh, where you control a little frog, you know, platforming character at the bottom of the screen, Wario's Woods style, while Tetris blocks fall from the top of the screen. Hopefully it's easier than Wario's Woods. I, you know, I haven't played enough Wario's Woods, but this game is definitely not easy. Oh, okay. Um, But it's really cool. I would just say it takes a little getting used to. So basically, you have your frog, obviously, and you have a nice long tongue, uh, being that you're a frog, and these dried uh, cactus (laughs) pieces that are shaped like Tetris or Tetraminos or whatever Mm -hmm. are falling from the top that you can't move, but... You can move them with your frog's tongue, so you can like jump up and grab them with your tongue, and you can. You also have an octo-directional tongue, so you nice. can shoot that in one of eight directions. It might even be 360 degrees, but I'm not sure on that end. But you basically can like even on a diagonal, you can like jump up, you know, and grab a piece and pull it over one tile to the right or left. And once you get that finesse down, it feels really, really good, and it almost has a not a roguelike progression, but every time you clear three lines, you get a new power-up to pick from. So you get to pick either you get to upgrade your jump, you get to upgrade your tongue, which is the length of your tongue, the height of your jump, and you can really, once you get the second upgrade of those, you're like, okay, that's that's a huge difference. The first one, you're kind of like, what does that upgrade do? I don't don't know what I just got there, because it doesn't tell you. It's just kind of like, get this, this. Or you can get an eyeball and you have to get five eyeballs to like beat the game or at least to get to like it's got like just a really great style. Like every time you die, it like keeps track of like when you lose, like it has like a little end screen and it'll have like it's signed like with the little frog logo. And then it's like frog the fifth or whatever nice. or frog the 17th. And it's and it's always got like a little screen. I'm, I'm sure it runs out or repeats itself eventually. Um, but yeah, I just had so much fun playing this one. It gets really frantic. And then, yeah, so once the dried cactuses hit the ground and they turn into like regular cactuses, you can actually, if you lick them twice, you can eat them like one tile at a time Okay. or one like uh, grid at a time, I guess. Yeah. So it doesn't, you don't have to eat the whole Tetris piece, but just like one part of it. And then if it's like connected to the wall or connected to other pieces, it might fall further. So it's it's just really frantic. The speed starts picking up. And yeah, once you get some of those upgrades, I just I found this game to just be like super engaging, like really got hooked on it. And that's actually how I kind of sort of accidentally stumbled on The Lost Night just because I had played Pole Frog and was like, man, The Lost Night, this this looks really cool from the same developer. I'll check this out. And uh, nice. yeah, knowing that you wanted to check out RPGs. But yeah. Pull Frog, just if you like action arcade, really, really recommend this one. It's really, really cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we uh, close out tonight, I think uh, we uh, all checked out a game, uh, one that I played not all the way through. I got stumped eventually. I don't know if any of us oh, played yeah. all the way through. No, no I got, uh, we all got John, stumped. Okay, I was like, John, you're giving that smirk for a second. Oh, I thought no. maybe you played all the way through this one. Um, <laughs> I think I tapped yeah, out all, on level 11, I want to say. Mm, <laughs> I didn't make it very yeah, far. Hey, that's not bad. That's I got to like level 23 or yeah, so. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> just to mention the game real quick, uh, the game we were all checking out is called What Goes Up. And uh, this is a really cool game from LoneBot. Um, and the reason I kind of discovered this game was uh, it was actually the winner of the 2018 Game Makers Toolkit Game Jam. But it's actually from the same developers uh, that made You Are Now Possessed, oh. which actually also won the 2020 Game Makers Sheesh. Toolkit Game Jam. So these folks are on fire. And I will say they have quite a team. Like, I think they have like seven or eight folks, at least, that worked on You Are Now Possessed. Wow. Um, I don't know exactly how many people worked on uh uh, what goes up? But I know you checked out. You are now possessed as well, John. So what did you think of that before we uh, kind of dig in a little into what goes up? Oh, I yeah, you were hyping this game up when you first brought it up on the podcast, and 
because it was made for that game jam where like the theme was control or no control or something like that. Like out of control, out of I control think was the yeah. theme. Yeah. And man, huh. it is such a good, really good puzzle game. Like I just yeah. love something that is very simplistic, but like has a lot of thought put into it. And like, yes, yeah. I do think it is one of those puzzle games where there might be you know, maybe only one or two solutions to a puzzle. Like there is a correct thing that you have to reach out to, but like, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. for some of them, you know, you can maybe take a little bit longer than you have. Like there's not an automatic fail state. There's not a turn limit, but yeah, man, that was, it was an incredibly satisfying game. I didn't beat it, but I like just kept playing levels and it felt really satisfying to keep playing nice yeah it's just such a clever concept and just real quick it's just kind of like a top-down puzzle game where you move and like some of your moves are chosen for you and you're kind of moving on a grid based system but um i guess just to go right into what goes up because it kind of works in a similar way although it's a side-scrolling platformer um but the theme for this game jam uh and again same thing it was for that game makers toolkit game jam Um, But the theme was a genre without mechanics. So they went for a platformer without falling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you first read it, you're kind of like, huh, I don't (laughs) I don't fully understand what they mean by that. Uh, Like you could see a platformer without jumping, maybe, but like platformer without falling. But it actually again, it almost plays like a top down game at times, like because you are like you're using essentially you have your arrow keys on the keyboard or again, I, you know, sunk it up with a controller to make it comfy for me. But like you use your arrow keys to move your character around and then you use the WASD keys to shoot a grappling hook either up, down, left or right. Mm-hmm. And then and when you jump, you actually just press the up key to jump, but you will stay airborne. And your character, I love this game has no music, but it has really great sound. Yeah, design. so good. All the sound little effects. like chunky. Yeah, <laughs> even like your little character, like when you just start the game, like you just like he'll turn his head to the side a couple times and like sniffle. Yeah, it's just it's so great. And then when you're like floating in the air, your character kind of is doing this like you know like 360 you know Tumble. like they're in space outer space or yeah. something and they're just kind of like whoop <laughs> every once in a while it's so great and yeah all the grappling hooks are just really nice and juicy and like again it, it just sort of plays like a top-down game because like once you are in the air you're you're kind of moving side to side floating and then again you're in some cases using that grappling hook to pull yourself towards things in some cases you're using that grappling hook to pull things towards you right um, to access the exit to the level. And they're all like little single screen, you know, puzzle levels. But again, I got to like level 23, 24, I think before I got stumped. And I, um, I don't think it saves your progress. It's actually a web-based game, but there's like a nice easy way to like skip levels. So I do Mm -hmm. plan on like trying to get through to the end of this one, but man, I I just thought the level design was so clever. The mechanics were so clever. Like I was kind of goading you guys, like, please check this out somebody, or at least like watch some of this gameplay so I can bounce some of these ideas. Cause I just thought it was so cool. Um, to the point where I was even chatting with uh, some of the folks in that Dev Dwarf Discord, and uh, I, th- I was like, "Has anybody played this game?" And Matt Ugg, one of my favorite game designers, was like, "That was the game that like made me want to make games and game." Yeah. Oh wow! And I was like, "I knew it. That that, that makes sense. That makes sense. This nice. feels like it's got that kind of level of of greatness." But uh, but what did you guys think? Man, that's it's it's well designed, like you said. The the puzzles are well crafted and. 
difficult, I would say pretty early yeah. on, at least for me. And I mean, granted, I was playing this in like the middle of a work break, but so I yeah. <laughs> didn't have f- a full brain to give it. I'm like, woo, boy, this is like, there's a challenge here from the beginning. And I, you know, I kind of had to change my perspective because you say platformer, which it kind of is, but it's, it, it's kind of almost more like top down puzzler, you know, yeah. like at its core, like that's it's- what you're really solving there. You know how, um, like, most RPGs will have, like, a sliding ice puzzle? Yes. Like, you kind yes, of have to exactly. be in that frame of mind where you're like, all right. Big time. What wall do I need to hit or what, like, position do I need to do? Because, like, but it's only for left and right. Like, very few times right. are you, well, I mean, once you put the grappling hook in there and you're, they have, like, wooden walls which you can grapple into and, like, metal walls that you can't. And oh, right, right, so right. good. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they do a lot with with a pretty. I mean, the concept isn't super, you know, crazy complicated, but boy, they do a lot with that very quickly. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. What about you, John? Did you like it as much as you are now possessed? Like, were you equally impressed? Honestly, I think I did miss that there wasn't any music in the game. Like, I do think it's really yeah. charming, and I like it a lot, but. I think You Are Now Possessed is kind of that, like, whole package where, you know, it's, like, for sure nice tunes, like, what that, but, so when you're stuck on a level, you're not, you know, necessarily just, like, faced with this empty cavern of sniffling, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do really love the level design and what goes up. I think it's, again, like, their forte is just really well-crafted puzzle games, and I'm really mm. enjoying it. Yeah, and and I know I harp on this all the time, but again, both of these games were made for that Game Maker's Toolkit Game Jam, which is a 48-hour, maybe it's 72 hours, but it's either two or three days that people put these games together. So I know we're sitting here being like, oh, I wish it had music, and that's exactly what Connor Grail said in the Discord. And he was like, I know I might be biased since I am a composer myself. (laughs) But uh, he was like, I wish it had music. But like, I was like, no, I totally agree, because it it would truly feel like a total package. There's even Mm -hmm. more levels in what goes up than there are in uh, You Are Now Possessed. But again, like just really great pixel art, like the whole, everything about it, the animation. it's It's just really really impressive stuff and i'm yeah i just i love poking around on itch.io it's so much fun i really appreciate when you guys sync up with me on some of these heck yeah um because yeah they're just so fun and they're so easy to just fire up real quick like you said randall i know it was maybe hard to get in the mental space for it uh, yeah. at work but like being that you can just play it in your browser in the browser quick. yeah just like uh, that both like, of these games boom in the browser click on the browser so it's the active screen and then it just immediately playing on my keyboard which how cool is that love it yeah and and they don't require require uh this is like the type of game and i guess you know we've been able to talk about uh self on the podcast recently which is a super action you know very precise input based game and that is also able to be done in the browser but this is like a situation with what goes up or you are now possessed where like even if you do maybe not have the most stable internet connection or you get a little lag it's not going to really affect you're not really finessing jumps or doing anything like that so really it, it would be totally playable no matter really whatever your situation is so yep man just just awesome awesome stuff but yeah i think we can pretty much wrap up the video games talk there this week guys and as always you can find us on the internet pretty much all of our stuff at a link tree slash pursuing pixels but you can find the podcast homepage at pursuing pixels.com you can find us on uh twitch instagram youtube twitter all that good stuff yes, uh, but otherwise we will uh catch you next week and until then take care bye bye See ya.
Dude, that Tobu Tobu Girl Deluxe game is sweet. It looks sweet. Um, I, th- I just love the Game Boy Color aesthetic, like, way yeah, too much. Yeah, me too. It's like NES, but just, like, a little bit better. Yeah, it's like... Kinda. It's like if NES had, like, a Turbo Graphics color palette, kind of. And, yeah. like, with, like, more more bold kind of scan line look to it too like that's what it looks like or it's almost like it's almost like uh an nes game got left out in a window for just like a little bit too long (laughs) and it got sun bleached but like not like turned all the way blue (laughs) just talking about game boy color games in general Uh, like the game boy color aesthetic because to me it's like a little bit more like they're like softer colors, you know, they're like kind of more like pastel in a way. Yes, because they're typically like, like a four color, like not, I mean, there were Game Boy Color games that had like, I don't know, robust color schemes, but like, or I guess maybe I just played more like original Game Boy games on a Game Boy Color. Yeah. Where like that had. Because they did. And weren't there like the kind of different levels of Game Boy Color games where like mm-hmm. the black cartridge ones were like the just like kind of cool ones. And then like the clear cartridge ones were like, oh, yeah, this is like got all the goodies. Yeppers. Yeah, because I'm Toki remembering like, the uh, color scheme in like Kirby Tilt and Tumble versus say like the color scheme in like Pokemon Pinball. God damn it. I wish I still had Pokemon Pinball. What a pu- incredible game that was. God damn it. Never got a chance to play that one, but I've heard nothing but amazing things. I never did either, yeah. But I love all the almost all the digital pinball Hell games yeah. I've ever played. Absolutely. It had a rumble pack, I think. Yes. Oh yes, God. it did. That's kind of standard for yeah, Nintendo handheld pinball games. Oh yeah. Because even I think Metroid Prime pinball on DS came with a rumble pack. It I did think. in the Game Boy Advance slot. Yep. Yeah. What? <laughs> yep. Yeah, baby. Yep. That game is awesome. Yeah, that game that John? No, awesome. I haven't. Oh, it's one of the few Metroid oh. games I haven't played. Oh, it's, it's like real legit. Good. <sighs> it's legit awesome. Yeah. Like damn. it's very addictive. Yes. Kirby pinball. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, first party like property pinball games for Nintendo, I think are just incredible. Money. Yeah, they're money. Yeah, but even like the not even that like Demons Tilt we've talked yeah. about on the podcast, and yeah. then uh, Devil's Crush and Alien Crush, like oh, they're yeah. just all good, man. Yep. I mean, there's some crap ones. Oh yeah, and you've even ta- even the like replica or like you know the digital like real ones are yeah. cool. Yeah, they're you know? generally really well made. Yeah, it's kind like, of impressive, honestly. actually. Yeah, I love that. That's one of I really like that subgenre of games.